Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Let's get straight into it, man. This week was kind of crazy for me. Work mad overtime, um, just trying to make sure I'm resetting myself back to uh, being a better financial situation. Um, I got a move coming up, which is stressing me out, just waiting for um, the keys and stuff like that. Like, so I've been overly stressed with trying to get my mind wrapped around having to move again. And I, I really thought that this was going to be my last spot before uh, I end up having, uh, or not end up having to, but uh, to prepare to buy. But told you guys at the beginning of the year, took a crazy, crazy financial hit that set me back. So um, like the hustler that I am, I got to regroup. I got to go back to the drawing board uh, and come up with a new plan of action to get this goal met that I'm trying to reach in my life. Um, and it comes with some stress. And I, I understand that. So I'm trying to stay as focused as possible and really trying to um, keep my emotions and my mental under control. It's difficult, though. It's difficult because uh, the amount of overtime that I'm putting in um means that I have to deal with people a little bit longer throughout the week that I'm not used to dealing with for that period of time throughout the day. I mean, it becomes stressful, right? Because like I keep, you know, I say over and over, for whatever reason, you know, the high school nagging, tattletelling behavior, it don't stop when you become adults um, and start working. And it's crazy, like in healthcare, it's really, it's really like middle school. And you just have to find your your way, uh, see, it. you have to find your way and you have to really figure out who you want to be in in the space, right? Do you want to be a person who continues to argue, to nag, or like, do you want to be spending your day defending yourself and, well, she did this, he did that, yada, yada, whatever. I prefer to stay out the way, even though I know for a fact people, um, are not staying out the way and really be trying to throw me under the bus. But because I am honest with who I am and I'm, I'm very open and very clear with who I am, um, nothing, nothing sticks because I'm a hard worker. I'm very loyal to my responsibilities. I'm very loyal to, you know, my supervisors, regardless of, uh, what situation may, may happen. Right. I'm, I'm one of them people that as long as it doesn't go against my morals or, it doesn't land me, you know, on the blacklist, the healthcare blacklist, then I don't care what it is. This is not my money, right? As long as I'm getting paid to do the job, um, as long as you're pay paying me a fair wage, which recently, like literally this year, um, I think the is the first time that I've worked for this company that I've gotten paid a fair wage. And um, I know that they're like, In their mind, they feel like I'm not worth it because I'm going to give you what you pay for, right? Like once I go over and beyond to an extent and, I, and I'm not compensated for it, you're going to get what you pay for. And so for a long time, that's what I started doing. Um, and then somebody, you know, had an opportunity to look into it like, yo, like he, he not getting paid right at all for the position, for the work that he put in, yada, yada, whatever. Now that it's evened out and stuff, now it's like, oh, this has changed, that has changed, I'm proud of you, da 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 whatever. And it's like the reality of it is you get what you pay for. Like don't don't if you put me in a position to where I'm I'm at an emotional deficit, then you gon that's the work you're gonna get. Right? Everybody is at work to be paid fairly. A lot of us don't get paid fairly, but and a lot of us won't fight for it or don't know how to go about fight for it. I'm I'm not going to be confrontational with you because I know how immediately I get aggressive when I feel like you are openly disrespecting me and you know it and you just like deal with it. So I'm I'm chill. You're going to be petty, I'm going to be petty. And so like when I hear certain things about myself, it's like it, it's really weird to me cuz I'm like I know that ain't me. Like you you like 
I know I don't behave that way. I know I don't conduct myself in that manner. I'm very professional to a certain extent. And, you know, when I hear certain things, it's just, it's just funny to me because it's like it goes back to what I, uh, what I say about I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. If we can't get to the root of the why, there's no point of talking to you. Like, like, don't tell me I'm I'm behaving this way or doing this or not doing that without the why. And if you are too, uh, if you feel too prestige, uh, prestigious to to say, you know, why why you did that? Because I'm big on why you did that. Like for real, like why 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 you say that? Why you, I'm big on that before I get to arguing or yelling. Like with the kids, you know, in general, I just I why why though? What made you feel like that was okay to do? Because I don't want to get into the lesson or teaching them or if I have to be yelling, I don't want to be yelling at the wrong thing. If I have to yell, I want to know, like, this is what I'm yelling for. If I have to teach, I want to know this is what I'm teaching for. I don't want to just see you do something. Like, I could see you running down the street throwing rocks at people, right? But if, I, if I'm if i yelling at you, you shouldn't be uh, throwing rocks at people, da 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 why are you running in the middle of the street, Right? But then I look further down the street and it's a mob of people chasing you. It's like I'm yelling at you and you just trying to protect yourself, right? I know that's a little little dumb analogy, but it's just it, it's it's how life works for me. I don't want to be in arguments, I don't want to be in conversations, I don't want to talk about the emotional stuff until we until I know, you know, the foundation, the root cause of whatever, you know, we're going through. And so this week I'm just like, I've been overly emotional, like, that having that overwhelming feeling, like, I just need to cry. Not for anything. Like, nothing's nothing's happening other than the regular stress. Like, stress of moving, trying to get the kids acclimated. Um, my oldest has uh, finished his junior year, so, um, you know, and he wants to go to college, and he wants to go to college, you know, not close, like, not too far, but not close enough to where I can reach him on a daily. So, it's just a lot of stuff going on, uh, trying to get acclimated to being a dog owner and um, and get that situated and learning, you know what I mean? Because it's a whole learning process and she's not trained or anything like that. So I'm learning her. She's learning me. She, she's just a baby. Like the TikTok say, I'm just a baby. So it's just like, it's, it's just so much going on that I need to figure out. And lately I've just been feeling like um, a prisoner in my own mind. Like, I don't feel as creative. I don't feel as um, outgoing. And I'm not really outgoing, but there's, like, the people that I'm outgoing to, I don't feel outgoing, right? And it's been kind of frustrating for me. I've, I've I don't know. It just, it, it's been really a, a hard time for me for several months now. And this is not, this is outside of, you know, my normal level of depression of missing my daughters, Right. So it's it's confusing to me. I don't know if it's a it's a uh, a feeling of of being lonely, because um, I'm not a I'm not I'm not that type of person. Like I'm very much good by myself. So it's like yo, like what's really going on? And and I've been trying to figure it out, you know, for the past couple of weeks. Like why? Like it's like um, it's like literally at the tip of my tongue, just you know, randomly feeling like I need to cry, and it don't be nothing going on, like bad or or what have you and I'm just like man like that's crazy for me so just trying to get through that this week I think that was I think that was one of the main things this this week that had me stumped and kind of frustrated because uh every time I I feel that overwhelming feeling to cry I think I told you guys before I start pulling out like what it could be right and I go down a list of uh, bills or food um, or the kids behaving are the kids healthy am I healthy what's going like and, and so it's a stressful process for me to keep uh, pulling things out you know because in those moments I have to poke at the trauma to see if that's what it is that's creating this overwhelming feeling and that was hard for me this week that really was. It was. It was. It was very. It was very difficult for me to figure it out. I still haven't figured it out. But I'm a trooper, and you know, like I, like I want you guys to do, like acknowledge it, right? 
acknowledge it, but still, still move forward. Still try to be who you who you say you are. Still hold true to yourself and not uh, and and not allow yourself or try not to allow yourself to get too far off track because. It's, it's better for you to, for me, let me not say for you, it's better for me that I stand still in the midst of whatever it is than backtrack. So I never tuck tail from myself when I'm in these moments of the overwhelming feeling of, of crying, the overwhelming feeling of darkness, like when my anxiety is high. I never tuck tail from it. Either I'm going to sit in it and it's going to eat at me on until I figure it out or it's just going to eat at me and I'm going to keep trying to be functioning with it. People have no idea how difficult that is, but life goes on, right? Nobody's stopping. Nobody is coming to save you. And so depressed, anxious, paranoid, uh, hurt or not, you have responsibilities and you have to meet those responsibilities to the best of your ability. And that's what I've been on all week. Just, you know, as frustrated as I am, as exhausted as I am, it's just important for me to keep going. Not only, you know, not to even, not even to show the kids to persevere, but to show myself. I don't think people understand, uh, how hard it is to, keep going. It's so many instances and so many things that happen that, you know, people are just like, man, I can't keep doing this. I like, I, I can't keep going through this. I can't, uh, keep fighting the same fight. I can't keep feeling like there's no progression in, in this, that, and the other. And it's a difficult thing to do. And like I said, in order to get through that, you gotta, you gotta pull and poke and prod at the trauma so that, you can reconcile those thoughts in a positive way and, and not necessarily a positive way, but a constructive way, because as you're dealing with trauma and what I'm learning is that the other side of that wall is not going to always be in your favor still. Right. It could be a, it could be trauma that's that someone brought on you that you prolong from your response, that you prolong from your actions and stuff like that. When you get on the other side of that, because you got to pull your accountability, right? Like I, I talk about that all the time. You got to pull your accountability. When you get on the other side of that trauma and you realize what you added to it, you got to deal with that. The same way you would once you see someone else doing something to you and once you're like, dang, I can't believe they did that, you have to get on the side and understanding of, dang, I can't believe I did that to myself. I can't believe I, I, I handled it that way. I can't believe that I didn't think about this to say this in a proper way to make myself feel, you know, uh, or not feel, but to, to handle it correctly. Because another thing that I don't think people notice is that when you do people wrong or you in situations, even when people don't show it, the evilest people, the meanest people, there's a piece of them that changes when they do certain things to people. There's a piece of them that changes when they say certain things to people. Yeah, in front of everybody, they're tough and they're strong, they're mean and yada, yada, whatever. But when they're by themselves, because we all have a conscience, we all do. Now, do we all pay attention to it? Do we all do? Do all of us acknowledge it? That's another thing. That's a that's a whole nother thing. And so I'm learning how to, to deal with that part of it. I'm learning how to not let what other people say uh, affect me. Like my boss, had, uh, my boss had asked me for help on something or my supervisor had asked me for help on something. And, you know, she's just in like briefly like, oh, I'm so proud of you um, because, you know, your notes are improving and this is improving, that's improving, yada, yada, whatever. And I'm hearing her. And I'm, I'm appreciative, right? But in my mind, I'm like, well, I've always been able to do this. You weren't paying me to do this, though. Not her specifically, but the company, right? And so she's like, I'm just tired of hearing Kevin this and Kevin that and Kevin this. And it made me laugh, like, because I know people be saying stuff about me, right? I'm human. You know, I, I know but it no longer bothers me. Like when you were when you were a child, they say sticks and stone break your bones, but words could never hurt you, right? But as a child, it hurt. 
Like you're devastated when somebody uh, roasts you. You're devastated when you find out somebody said this or, or that about you. You're devastated. And even as adults, we get that way. A lot of times people get killed over words. A lot of times people get beat up over words. You know what I'm saying? You get in these altercations and a lot of times it's over words and it's because you haven't found out who you are to yourself. And I, I, I learned that as I, you know, got on this, this, this journey that I'm on, as I start really like when the depression, anxiety really like went into high gear and I start really having to sit down and try to understand who I was, it was important for me to understand me so nobody could tell me about myself. So when I hear people say, oh, it's Kevin this or Kevin that, Kevin it's Kevin that, it's like, nah, I, like, I, I was there. And I'm very big on shut up when you know that you have errors. Shut up because you're not fucking perfect, right? And so I'm I'm one of the people that I'm the youngest, right? I like my with my mom and my uh, biological dad. I'm the youngest. Um, and I was raised with I was raised by my mom with both of my brothers. There's something that. For me, as the youngest, I always had to pay attention because I was learning, right? I'm the youngest. I want to learn without, you know, being a pest. I want to learn without annoying them and stuff like that. So the best way to do that is become observant. I've always been observant to things. And so I look and I uh, I see certain things. I never say nothing, though, because it's, it, it's that's not who I am. I just want to learn. I'm not here to, to, to try to snitch on you. I'm not here to try to get nobody in trouble, but I'm observant. So, you know, in a professional environment, once I find out who it is that is quote unquote reporting or talking or yada, yada, whatever, I'll be laughing because it's like, I see your work. A lot of times I'm the last line of defense in the work that I do. And I, I see your works and you have the audacity to be bringing my name up. If I wanted to, if I wanted to, I could have a whole foul of your errors. I can have a whole foul of you doing certain things. And this is for a lot of people, but I, I don't do that even when I know who it is that does whatever they do. Because it's not important to me. That's not who I am. I've never been in a position that I was down bad that I had to snitch on anybody in street life or professional life. Ever. And it's been situations to where I have full knowledge of things that I could have snitched on, but I never did. So I, as I'm going, as I'm going along in life, it starts to become important to me to be who I say I am. And I had to learn to stop letting people tell my side of the story. And more importantly, stop letting them tell my story in general. Like, we have to get into a space to where we know ourselves so well and we are so in line with who we say that we are that when people get to talking, it don't even phase us because we was there. As human beings, right, we have the privilege of omniscient narration. This is a third-person narration in which the teller of the tale, yourself, has the ability to speak with the voice of the author, because you are. Why are we letting people tell our story when we was right there? You can't tell it better than me, because I felt it. I fought through it. I overcame it. I persevered, right? You looking from the stands. You don't know the pain. You're like, you don't see the pain in my face. You don't feel the grit in my teeth. You don't feel my jaw clench. You don't, you don't feel the, the, the power that I got to fight with. You don't, get, you don't feel the power that I'm getting hit with. So why am I allowing you to tell the story that I could tell myself? That's something that's very important as we going through this, this mental health uh, struggle that we be on. It's something that we have to really know, right? We have to really, like, understand this. We have to hold the narration. How can I say this? We have to hold that position of narrator close to our hearts, close to the vest. Because 
we'll put ourselves in a position, especially while you're fighting with mental health stuff, uh, whether it's schizophrenia, PTSD, depression, uh, bipolar, like whether all those things open up a door for somebody else to narrate your story. If you allow it to. When we become weak mentally, and I'm not saying weak as in a bad week, I mean when our defenses are down. Because when you are going through the stuff and you are in the darkness and, you know, you're in your funk of trying to fight through it, you're very vulnerable. You don't have the ability to fight the depression, the anxiety, and outside uh, enemies. You, you just don't. If you do, I, more power to you. I respect it. Please teach me. When I'm in my funk and I'm in my fog, I can't deal with other things like outside. And I just can't. So I'm not watching as much TV. I'm not I'm not on as much uh, social media. I'm not posting. I'm not reviewing. I'm not looking at YouTube. I'm not doing none of that because right now I'm in this fog and I'm trying to fight through it. But I'm vulnerable. There's a there's a, a, a crack in my door that anything can seep through and become a bigger issue because I'm vulnerable and I'm, I'm, my defenses are focused on me being who I say that I am. My defenses are me focusing on that trauma that I'm trying to deal with that I have to poke at it like now and and figure it out. So I can't let nobody say, oh, he crazy. Oh, he's emotional. Oh, he's like and then it's like, damn, am I am I, am I emotional? Like, am I overly emotional because I'm, I'm, I'm going through something? Am I showing too much of what I'm going through? Am I showing my hand too? Am I showing too much of my hand? If we're not careful, we'll start to believe these people are, and not these people, but we'll start to believe that narrative around us. We'll start believing the stereotypes. Like, we'll put ourselves in the bucket with everybody. Like, for me. My diagnosis is clinical depression, anxiety, paranoia, right? I am not as bad as the, the, the people who have it at a higher level. I'm not much better than people who have it at a lower level, right? But if you tell someone, yeah, I struggle from depression. Oh, you just said, oh, it's clinical depression. They'll, oh, well, my cousin had it and all they did, they went outside and they, they ran around the block a lot of times and then they was better. They don't understand it's different levels to mental illness. It's not just a one trick pony, right? I can't do what that person did to get through it. They can't do what I'm attempting to do to get through it. But if you allow people to narrate for you that's what they'll say and you will start to believe it and then you'll you'll regress in your healing because it's like dang i, I guess I, I shouldn't be sad i should get over it i shouldn't be I, I shouldn't be hurt my my daughter died i shouldn't be hurt that i haven't seen my other daughter i shouldn't be hurt that the landlord is wilding out and tripping i shouldn't be hurt that you know my relationship status is ass i should i shouldn't be hurt but i'm a lover Right. People. Oh, kids going to be kids like you just bugging. You don't understand how I see parenting. You don't understand the, ident the identity of parenting that's in me. So, yeah, to you, they're going to act like that. Yeah, to you. Oh, you're going to get over it. Yeah, to, because you're not you're not here. Stop trying to tell my story. I spent a, I spent a large part of my life. I spent a large part of my life allowing others narrative to soak into me whether they said it to me directly or i heard it from someone that's where the insecurity comes from of single parenting if you know me you know how i am as a parent right i know how i am as a parent but i still have this this block in my mind that i can't get into a healthy relationship um I don't have no friends because I'm a single parent. I don't have a babysitter. You know, my kids is crazy. Da, da, da. Like, and I'm like, huh? Why do I feel that way? Cause, cause if you, if you, if you ask about my parenting record, I'm top notch. But for whatever reason, when I'm getting a fog and I get that funk now to my, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst dad in the world. 
I oh my god, this is I'm I'm horrible. Oh my god, the kids the kids ate turkey sandwiches. Oh my god, the kids ate hamburgers, and I didn't cook them a seven course meal. Oh my god, I didn't make them dessert uh, with their like, huh? And this happens so often to people because we are allowing others to speak for us. We are allowing others to dump on us to make us feel a way because we are mentally weak, not mentally. And I'm not saying it bad. I'm saying like because because you everybody who struggles with mental health issues know what I'm talking about when you in that funk. Because a lot of us and I know it's a lot and that's just people that I know. When that funk hits, them shades get drawn to black. The mute, the head, uh, uh, the earbuds go in to to minimize any outside noise. You don't want to talk. You don't want to shower. You don't want to brush your teeth. You don't want to do none of that. You don't eat. You start looking crazy because it's like I, I don't want to hear that. I'm not strong enough not to hear it. And we don't want to admit that. For me, I'm not. I'm. I'm 100 with y'all. I'm not strong enough not to hear it. So when I'm going through it, everything got to get cut off. Communication with any and everybody, even if, I, like, there's people that I know that, I mean, I say that I know, that I feel like will never hurt me. But when, am I, when I'm in the darkness, I don't, I don't know that. You know why? Because triggers are a real thing. That's why I get so mad. When we, oh, I'm so triggered. <laughs> That's why I get so mad at that. Because it's a real thing. And a lot of us spend our whole life not realizing that we are being triggered by things because we keep on, we, we, we stay connected to it. Because of the guilt that comes from disconnection. I used to let people do me so wrong, talk to me so crazy and still help them still, you know, still, still be around, still feel like, oh, that's my friend. That's this, that's that. And the whole wow, it's because of guilt, because in my mind, I'm like, man, if I lead them by themselves, they're not going to have nobody. If I stop talking to them, if I stop doing this, they're not going to have nobody. A lot of us is walking around here with Stockholm Syndrome and not really realizing it. Because we've allowed the, the, the outside influence to, to make us feel guilty for wanting to be different. Wanting indifferent in a sense of I'd rather be by myself and away from people than to allow you to tell this story. I remember one time, I remember one time, like I was uh, like I was younger and I had lost connection. Me and this girl had broken up. Um, we had broken up. It wasn't even like for the for the time frame, meaning the era that it was, it wasn't even like a bad break. It wasn't no violence, nothing like that. It was just straight teenage, yada yada, whatever. Her and I ended up um, kind of messing around later, right? And in in laughing, she was like, "Yeah, I started telling people you was gay because you wouldn't talk to me." And I was like, "What? Like like what do you mean?" So like, yeah, I could like, I, I didn't know why you weren't talking to me or whatever, but I'm like, so, but why would that be the narrative that you painted? Right. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that. And it allowed me, it allowed me as I got older to understand that people are going to say and do what they, what they feel is going to protect them when they're hurt. Right. They're going to tell whatever story. Whatever makes them feel better about the situation that they're in. That's why, for me, I tell all the time, I'm not telling y'all what somebody did to me. When I talk about relationships breaking up, I say what I did. I never say what they did. When I talk about friendships breaking up, I talk about what I did. If I did anything, I don't say what they did. Because you can't tell if I'm telling you the truth or I'm speaking to you from a place uh, of emotional desperation. You can't, you, you can't tell. It's important for me when I get on this podcast because to, to speak the truth to the best of my ability, it's important for me to only speak my truth and my side because I never want to give off an emotional response 
and somebody who knows me in real life hears this and like, nah, bro, why are you doing that? I keep telling y'all, like, one thing about me is I respect my brother like a father. He's also my best friend. And I know he listens to my podcast. I don't know if he listens to every episode as they come out or if he builds them up or whatever, but I never want to be in a position to get that call from the father part of him that says, Peanut, I listened to the podcast and you said boom, 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 boom. My boy, I was there. That ain't, that ain't what it was. My boy, we we had a when that happened to you, we had a conversation about it. And that's not the conversation you had with me. A lot of my childhood was was, was spent with my boy Mac. It's important for me because I know he listens. It's important for me not to get on here and oh, we were shooting up everything and da 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 da. The gimps. That fam, come on now. That's that's not what that was. That allows me to stay true to myself. That allows me and gives me courage to tell my story and my story only and, and, and be the narrator of mine. So that when, when it's said, I have accountability people. My guy DW, I, like Todd, I have accountability people that I respect enough not to get on here and let somebody else's story of me change who I am. The pressure of not wanting to be judged affects us right i hear all the time and, and and this is this is why this is another reason why it's important for me to tell my story when you go through life and things happen and people start saying certain things about you um and the rumor is this or the or their fact of this is something completely disrespectful, completely outside of who you say you are, who you believe you are. You're quiet, right? And there's two sides to this. There's two sides to this. The pressure of not wanting to be judged or attacked for defending yourself becomes overwhelming. So a lot of us just allow the story to go. We just allow it to go because we don't we don't know how to properly maneuver through defending ourselves or choosing, you know, I'm just going to shut up. I'm 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 just going to be quiet. I have always up until about 7 No, nah, let me not say 7. It's been almost it's been almost 10 years that I've been able to free myself from I don't give a fuck about this. I don't care about that. I don't care about that person. Whole wild and shambles. Whole wild. Friends, relationships, jobs, people. I'm telling you, I oh my God. I had it bad. When somebody hurt my feelings, I don't care about that. They can get on with it. Whole wild I am crying on the inside. Sometimes crying on the outside. Because I wanted to hide from that feeling of hurt. I wanted to hide from that feeling of betrayal and act like it didn't bother me. And that altered who I was to myself. Why I'm lying? That shit hurt. There's a few friends that I lost that are still alive that it hurt. There's a few friends that are that I had that I had that have passed away that we maybe didn't end on a good terms. Uh, uh, we, we we didn't end on good terms and now they they no longer here. It hurt. Not because I feel guilty of, of what happened in the friendship, but we don't got an opportunity to to uh, uh, we don't have an opportunity to fix it. Not even saying that it, it we would want to fix it, but just the fact that the opportunity is gone. So I had to get out of the it don't affect me. I'm encouraging y'all. If you are still in that mentality of, oh, it don't bother me. Oh, I don't got no feelings. I'm telling you, the best thing that you can do is let it go. The best thing you can do is that when it hurt, let that shit hurt. Because you're going to be miserable. You're never going to make another friend. You're probably going to always be in toxic relationships because you're holding on to that. Oh, well, this person did this and I don't even care. I don't care that we broke up. 
I don't care about this, but you care. And you're getting into these uh, relationships and you're getting into these friendships and you're fucking them up because you still care about what happened. So now, now you're in this position of who am I? Because you let the narrative of not being hurt in, I don't care about this. That's a narrative that comes from the outside. That's not an inside thing because you feel you're feeling the truth. You're feeling it. We act like this shit don't affect this, and deep down, it creates this very high level of darkness, and it makes you feel alone, even when you're around crowds. Even when you're around crowds. Half the people are going to say, and, and this, was, this was my thing why I never defended myself, right, with certain things and, and people. Half of people say, because we raised not to be punks, right? We raised, defend yourself, da 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 Half the people are going to say, a hit dog gonna holler. Meaning, if you defend yourself, it's true. Why are you mad if it's not true? Why are you responding if it's not true? Realistically, motherfucker, because why am I let you do that? On the flip side of that, if it's not true, why you won't tell your story? Why you won't say something? If it ain't true, say something. Go, go up to them and tell them they lying then. That's how society is. That's why it's so much violence. That's why so much chaos, because it's confusion there. Half of the people telling you a punk for not saying stuff, half the people telling you, oh, it must be true because you are saying stuff. You're not allowed to defend yourself in life. You can't make everybody happy. I had to realize that. So I pick and choose when it's worth it for me to say something. If it's something against, like I have a rule, I just, this is just my rule. If it's something that's going to change how my kids look at me, if it changes how they see who I am, whatever your lie or rumor you're saying, I'm on your ass, period. If it's just something that might hurt my feelings, I don't give a fuck about that, do you? I know you're, like, a lot of times, like, I don't know, this is crazy. And I'm just going to reveal this secret. In the social media area, uh, era, you don't know how many pages, fake pages I've made to comment on people's posts who talk about me. And I'm on their side as the fake person. And they have no idea it's me. I'm going to give, yeah, what? That's cr- I can't, yeah, I remember that. I don't care, cause I was there. I know you're you're giving an emotional response. I know you are just saying this because you hurt, because I'm treating you like you treated me. That's the biggest thing that that happens in relationships and friendship. When you start treating people like they treat you, it's like, yo, what are you doing? When you don't allow them to run over you, when you don't allow them to just get stuff from you, when you don't allow them to just talk to you any kind of way, it's like, hey, oh, you changed. No, that's a narrative you want the world to believe because I finally realized that we're not friends. We're not really in a relationship like you're using me. Right. You need something for me, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental health, like what you're using me. And when I finally recognized that I started doing a you on you and you don't like that. You don't like how that feels, yet you don't know how to stop doing it, because like I said last week, abuse is an addiction and a lot of people don't know how to let it go. We're in this this concept of life that somebody has to be stronger, somebody has to be weaker, somebody has to be better, somebody has to be worse, somebody has to be rich, somebody has to be poor. So that's how we just move through life. And 10 out of 10 times, people who are doing others dirty and speaking bad on them. Say something about them. Do them how they do you. Watch, watch all hell break loose. Watch the victim mentality come out. It's difficult for me because having that idea of a hit dog a holler and then in the same breath, if it's not true, why are you not saying nothing? It cheapens the idea of friendships for me. Cheapens the idea of uh, relationships. Because that alters somebody's trust. 
it puts you in a position that everybody got to prove something to you. Everybody got to go, whether they love you, like you, care for you, like normally they show it, but they got to go overboard for you to believe in them. They got to go like, I mean, beyond like will Buzz be saying uh, infinity and beyond to make you feel like they want to be a part of you. And what you don't realize is this, this loses friendships for you. I'm not about to be, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going to keep on doing shit to prove that I'm cool with you. I'm not going to keep on doing uh, shit to prove that I'm here. I'm just not because that's your trauma. I haven't given you a reason to think this way, to believe this about me. You are bringing your trauma of your past and you're putting it on me and you're going to lose somebody who truly loves you. You're going to lose somebody who truly wants to be your friend. You're going to lose somebody who wants to be a business partner because you want all this extra proof. You're not taking the normal proof because what do you say? Oh, I've seen that before. And we're humans. You're going to see it time and time again. You proactively hating me. You are prepared. Like, think about this. People say it all the time. I'll be looking for whatever uh, characteristics that this person might have of my ex. And as soon as I see it, I'm out. But why, though? That characteristic could be from a totally different reason. You're not going to ask? I remember I had this friend, and they used to do this, and if you do that, we ain't going to be friends. But why, though? If it ain't life or death, what, like, why? And again, the caveat is mistakes. If this is something, if this, if this is behavior, if this is a conversation, if this is arguments that you constantly going over and over, and I understand that, trust me. But if I need, if I meet a new person right now, they have the same characteristics of my ex. I'm not automatically not talking to you because of that. Because now I'm smarter, now I'm more mature. Why do you feel like that? Where does that come from? Now your response in the, the following conversation is going to tell me, okay, cool, you you just like that. But I'm strong enough now, whereas before, I was like, dang, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to be alone, so I'm going to deal with it. Now, I've, I, I've learned how to be alone by myself. I learned how to be a single parent, take care of them. They all alive. Uh, one about to graduate next year. Uh, actually, two about to graduate next year. One from high school, one from junior high school. They alive. I did that. Right. I learned I, I learned how to do that. So I'm not scared of alone no more. I'm not scared of no co-parent. I'm not scared of none of that because I've done it by myself for so long. I've been by myself for so long. So if I see that characteristic, I'm not going to take that narrative of, oh, once you see that, they all like that. Now, nah, why, why you like that? On a realistic level, what can I do for you to understand that I'm different than that? On a realistic level. I know, I, I know you hurt. That bothers you. But on a realistic level, what is it that you that 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 you see that I could do to make you feel comfortable and in and ease this situation? And if it's something unrealistic, I can be like, all right, cool, I can't do that. It was nice knowing you and not feel nothing about it. But you don't get to that point until you know yourself enough, until you start understanding and deliver, uh, delivering your own narrative so that when, when, when you are in those situations, you're unbothered. You can have the conversation. Right? I, 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 again, I only talk to y'all from experience. I've been in a situation where I've realized, like, oh, you're trying to make me overprove. It's not going to happen. It might take me a while. Like, if I love you for real, like, a, if I love you for real romantic-wise, if I feel like you have the potential to be a great friend, like, I'm going to overprove the friendship. Right? I'm going to overprove the romantic part of a relationship. 
you could be treating me bad and, and it could be right in front of my face. Like, it bothers me when I see, oh, she crazy, oh, she just got crazy, or he just got, no, they've been that way. That's something that, that for real, for real, I had to really grow up about. They've been that way. They were. But the sex was good. The head was good. You have fun with each other. Um, dinner was good. Like, but you saw it. You chose that narrative that everything was okay. But then when you broke up, oh, his dick was little. Oh, the sex was trash. Oh, he couldn't cook. His mama ugly. Your daddy ain't this. Like, it was all those things before. But you didn't know you enough. You were still living off the narrative of who you supposed to be. This is why, like, I be telling my kids, like, I don't want y'all watching a bunch of reality TV. Because I start giving you a narrative of, of, of something that you're not supposed to be. They get paid for that over there. If y'all go into acting and y'all get on reality TV, by all means, read your script. Do it to the best of your ability. But when I got down camera cut off and you come talking to me, you better be back normal how I raised you. We be so deep into stuff and wanting to blame, like, like, oh, well, they just got like that because, no, they was like that. You knew that woman was crazy. You knew that man was crazy. You knew that job wasn't shit. You knew it. You know your kid's bad. You, you, you know it. But because the love be high, because you, like, uh, like, as long as you are benefiting from it, everything is cool. The moment you aren't now, you oh well, it was like this anyway, and I didn't I didn't care about this. I was faking this and faking that, and da, da, da. that's why I'd be like when I be getting on girls, don't don't tell me my dick bit. Stop playing, quit running. I know the exact size of it. I know how it work. Like I, I know how it work. It's, it it is a great size, but fam, relax. I don't get into those ego games when I'm young. Yeah, t tell me. But I don't get into those ego games no more. Like, I love me enough now. I've gone through too much in my life and now struggling with this mental stuff that I pay attention to who I am. I know I sex very well. I know I can fight very well. I know I can cook very well. But more importantly, I'm a great father. I know that because I've done it. I've been here. My kids are my kids. The narratives don't matter to me. What matters is that every day that I wake up, I'm giving my best. I'm staying out the way. I'm staying true to who I say that I am. To myself, I can care less who I tell you I am. I can care less who you think that I am. When I get up and I look in the mirror, I am exactly who I say that I am to me. Nothing else matters. Nothing. But we be so deep in certain things, we don't, we don't realize what's really going on. Pushing that boundary of trying to get people to overprove themselves, we lose a lot. And we we find ourselves in unhealthy situations all the time because we're trying to get people to overprove. Like this whole, like, I don't even want to go into it. Like, y'all, the, the whole alpha male, the whole what you bring to the table, like, I'll say it so I'm blue in the face. I do not care what you bring to the table. My table is set. If you take something from it, replace something or add something to it that's all i'm asking if i take something from your table i'm gonna put something on there i'm not gonna give you what you give me a lot of stuff you can't reciprocate if i'm in a good financial situation and you're in a bad financial situation i could give you money you can't do that without it causing a a, a struggle if you're in a better emotional space than me and I'm in a, a weakened emotional space, I can't give you emotional, but you can give it to me. It's all about what you value on the table. What's on your table? How about that? Let's stop asking people what you bring to the table. Tell me what's on your table. What do you have on my table? 
I got five living kids. Four of them I have full custody. One of them I have joint custody, but I haven't seen. I don't know how long. My youngest baby is dead. I got a dog. I work for the hospital. Um, I ain't broke, but I ain't balling. I'm not rich, but I ain't balling. Right? I, I only wear sweats, T-shirts, and hoodies. I might throw some jeans and a button down. If that, you know, if we got to go somewhere nice, like uh, I could cook, I clean up, I could braid hair. I, that's what's on my table. Now, if anything on that table, me braiding hair, me doing locks, me cutting hair, uh, me babysitting, me having uh, extensive knowledge on raising kids, uh, me having extensive knowledge in healthcare, me having extensive knowledge in this mental health space, me being a very good with money if I had a, a high-paying job, if any of that is something that you need, then tell me what's on your table. Because you can have it. But when I look at your table, I got to see something that I need too. I got to see something that I want too. I can't look at you and be like, oh, you you a single mom with kids and assume, oh, you got baby daddy drama. I can't see, you know, oh, your shoes is messed up today. Like, oh, well, look at you poor, your shoes messed up. I can't look. I, what's on your table? I don't care what you, I don't, I don't really, I don't care what you're bringing to add to mine because it's it's it doesn't matter to me unless you take something if you create a void fill the void that's it and understand that i'm not gonna have like there's like a job kids animals are probably yeah those are going to be equal on the table and sometimes not because a lot of people in this day and age don't don't have kids but what's what story do you want to tell me as my friend? What like like what do you do you want me to ask your other friends who you are or do you want to tell me who you are? and Let me figure it out. Do you want me to act like do you want me to ask your exes how you treated them? Yada, yada, whatever. There is not one ex that I have that can say I disrespected them before uh, uh, before they disrespected me. Childish. Yeah, but I don't ever start it. I stand on that. Very immature. If we go on by verbal breakups, it's a lot of people that I still go with right now. Because once you treat me a certain way, I'm going to walk away. You don't need no closure. You're treating me like shit. So I, why I need to tell you we don't go together? Your wording should let you know, yeah, I'm never coming back here. Never. If you're struggling with where you fit in, and I'm just, you know, again, I'm not a therapist. I just do hella therapy. Um, and I, like, I started this podcast, and this, this would be crazy to me. It's certain things that I just do, and then later on I find out that it's the right thing, right? Because, you know, I told you guys, like, I, in, like, every other episode I probably say why I started the podcast. And I started because I didn't, like, I was looking for a way to tell what I was going through, but also heal through it, right? Because for me, holding it in was hurting me. Acting like it didn't exist was hurting me, right? With, what's today? Today is the 20, what? Today is the 28th. May 19th was three years that we've been doing the podcast. I've had that same thought since day one. I'm doing research for this episode or this session and I find out that what I've been talking about this whole time is called narrative therapy if you don't have if you're trying to figure out where you fit in the world your family your friends whatever I suggest that you look into this narrative therapy is a style of therapy that helps people uh, become and embrace being an expert in their own lives. In narrative therapy, there is an emphasis on the stories that you develop and carry with you throughout your life. 
as you experience events and interactions, you give meaning to those experiences and they in turn influence how you see yourself and the world. You can carry multiple stories at once, such as those related to your self-esteem, abilities, relationships, and work. This was developed in uh, the 1980s by New Zealand-based therapist Michael White and David Epstein. Without me even knowing that this was a thing, this has become a strong part of my life. Like, as I start standing on accountability, as I start searching for peace, it started being more important for me to tell my story than it was to relive the stories told about me. It became important for me to openly talk about my traumas, openly understand my triggers, then to hide them and act like they didn't exist from, from anybody. To act like the world was perfect and of course, perfection doesn't exist, but to act like nothing ever happened, to act like I've never experienced pain for real. Like, we all get to that point to where we just act like, oh, it's all good, I'm strong enough, I can handle it. But it started becoming, it start becoming important to me for me to say it out loud, not for y'all. For me. Because it's continuing to build who I say that I am, who I believe that I am, who I've proven myself to be to myself. It's so important for us to have a voice, a strong voice, a competent voice, a loving voice. It's so important for us to believe in that voice. We have to Prove to ourselves that we can do this. And we have to tell our stories, but not in a way that attacks other people. Right? We have to be able to talk about our wrongs. We have to be able to talk about our rights. I want to prove to myself that I am who I say that I am. It has helped me so much on this journey that I'm that I'm in. It helped me see my my wrongs and my rights. It's allowed me to confess to myself where I went wrong. It helped me to focus on me in all aspects and not give others power over my book. I read me better than anyone. As a stories form, I'm emotionally attached. <clears throat> As stories form, I'm, uh, I'm not emotionally attached because it's being read from others' perspective. And I said last week, I feel perspective is emotion is emotion based, and feelings cloud the truth. The goal is to lessen the fear of being yourself to have strength and a mental space to decide when and what to share, how to defend it if needed, and how to choose when to let the narrative ride. We got to get it out. We have to. We have to get out of the, the right and wrong of things, the, uh, the closure. We have to understand the closer we get to the self-improvement part of life, the harder it's going to get to fight because you're dealing with yourself. And how do you defend yourself from you? It's no way other than honesty to yourself. It's no way than, than, than dealing with it. Like our upbringing tells us not to be punks, not to let people say things about us. And if they do, like we're taught to defend ourselves with some type of violence so they'll respect you. And this don't do shit, but create more issues. 
If you wholeheartedly who you say you are, the pictures others paint will have no value. Understand we have to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm glad we're doing it together. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for your Poetic Properties merch and all your Peacefully Flawed apparel. Get you a copy of King's Collective. It is a book of 43 poems written by yours truly, Complex the Poet. I thank you guys for liking, sharing, and commenting. Truly appreciate it. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. It is a great app for podcast listeners and podcast hosts. You can interact with your people right there, rate an episode. It also has like a top 100 charts. Um, we were number 23 last week, so I'm very appreciative of that for whoever listens over there. Um, if you want to donate to the business overall, head over to Twitter. Uh, the page is The Complex. It's a tip jar over there as well. Again, www.peacewithlaw.com for all things complex. And remember... No matter the darkness, as long as we breathe in, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.